I love that tickling of the ivories right there. Just love it. It's Friday, August 11th, 2023. I hope you're well today. <laughs> I just let it go. I think we'd all be better off for it. This really isn't all that good. We have to admit. Um, I'm well. Sad that someone won the big old lottery thing, and now have they come forward? I think it was in Florida, and uh, dreams dashed. What are you gonna do? Um. It's we're supposed to get rain today, and we're in a pretty significant drought here in southeast Wisconsin. Funny, um, just south of here, I don't think we are. Where I live, we are. And when I say just south of here, I mean 30 minutes from here. They've been getting plenty of rain. It's amazing how this year it seems like all these storms are coming toward this area. And then they split off. Half the storm goes just to the north of us. Half the storm goes just to the south of us. Weird. We've, I mean, there have been like tornadoes and severe weather and we've not even gotten rain. It's just, we live in a weird spot. Um, anyway, it's, uh, it's Friday. Thank God for that, right? It's, uh, everybody's got to love a weekend. Sometimes we have too much going on and sometimes we don't. And those weekends when we don't are joyous. Um, we've got a little bit going on this weekend. Just enough to make it so you couldn't like like go away anywhere. But not enough that you can't work around it and still have a great weekend. So looking forward to a good weekend. I might do a podcast tomorrow. I might spring one on you. Uh, I got a couple of things I'm cooking up. That I'm getting excited for, I think, in the next week or so. I'll uh, be making some changes here that I think will be fun. Um, for now, joke of the day, that'll be fun. Uh, my dad was showing me his new tool shed the other day, and he pointed it to his ladder, and he goes, that's my step ladder. I never really knew my real ladder. Get it? Step ladder. Yeah, I think they're getting weaker. I think that... Uh, <laughs> I, I, my joke well is running. It's not really running dry. It's just that, I don't know. They're not as awesome as some of the first ones that came out of the, out of the shoot. <laughs> that is actually kind of funny. I never really knew my real ladder. That's good. Uh, what am I grateful for today? I am grateful always. Um, I just never remembered to take the time out to think about it. And like everybody, I get stuck in the moment where everything's wrong and all my rah, 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 right? And I get all pissy. But if I step back, it's like, what do I have to complain about? I got nothing to complain about. Nothing. Nothing. I'm grateful. I am grateful for financial security in my life. I've seen it come and I've seen it go. And it is here now. So I love that. Um, there's a great story. I don't know if you're familiar with Zig Ziglar, the old, um, self-improvement help, self-help guy. Um, God, Zig was a, he's a good guy. He had some, 
some points of view that were a little old school, obviously for today. But I mean, he's he was kind of a '80s '90s guy, um, '80s guy for sure. But he had this great thing. He said, "I have been broke, and I have made a lot of money." And in my experience, I have found that it's better to make a lot of money. And I thought that, that was a was a great funny line. And and it just, you know, money can't buy you happiness. You know what? There's a lot of happiness that comes from security and knowing that everything's okay for right now, that all the bills are paid for the foreseeable future. And there's a lot of wonderfulness from that. You know, if you have a great retirement, you can look forward to, if I keep going, I get, you know, like I can stop here and I can then just live my life every day the way I want to. It's, uh, financial security is amazing. Uh, and I'm grateful for it at this particular moment. I am also grateful for free time. Um, it means more to me today than it ever has. Used to be, you'd look to the, you'd be working so hard and be like, oh, in three weeks, I can have a moment off. That's the way my life was. And it'd be like, I can just, oh, I don't have to worry about what time I get up. I don't have to. If I have free time now, I'm getting up even earlier in the morning and I can't wait to go you know, find something to do. Sometimes it might be relaxing things like watching TV or catching a movie or something like that. But for now, it's like, oh. You know, like I can shop, I can go somewhere, I can do something, I can fly my drone, I can, you know, like just whatever. I can just go figure out anything I want to do in that free time. Different now, I find. I'm not looking for that moment to take a breath. Probably because as busy as I can get right now, I'm not as busy as I was when I started my business. I'm not as busy as I... And I'm doing a whole bunch more than that right now, but it's really contained. My days are just so much easier to just move about and I can just do this, you know, for a few hours, do that for, I love my life right now. I really do. Um, there are certain aspects of it that I, I can't wait to improve. Um, and then I'm, you know, I get frustrated with, but otherwise things are pretty, pretty awesome right now. Um, I'm grateful for the pioneers that came before us. And when I mean that, I mean, I'm not talking about you know, the Google guys that made Google, I'm talking about, and, and I'm not not grateful for them. I'm just talking about like back in the day when you had to like chop a half a forest down just to make your way to, you know, the West Coast. And the people who pioneered business when a lot of businesses weren't even ideas at the time or, you know, the, all the automation and the thought process behind automating and, you know, when there wasn't any of that, you know, I, I think of the workers that worked in amazingly poor conditions somewhere in the world. They still do, but here they did. They don't as much anymore. Um, in, you know, people sacrifice their lives. And then you have to look at the owners of those businesses and as much as it is, as easy as it is to villainize them and say, oh my God, they treated their workers so poorly. You know, it's sort of like, you know, there's some sacrifice there for, on both sides for us to get to where we are. Um, in the space, you know, like the Challenger, when it blew up, you know, at some level, 
we learn so much from that. And there's an idea, especially when you're really innovating, that there are sacrifices that are going to be made. And sometimes, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to really send people to space on a regular basis, it's not always going to go well. We have airplanes that fly and sometimes they crash. Right? We have boats that sink and we have... But if we didn't go through sinking boats, we wouldn't have you know, better boats that won't sink and we won't have planes that won't crash unless you know, we're kind of pushing the envelope. And The only way you learn is by making mistakes, right? So I guess I'm just grateful for all of that that's come before us. For you know, we have nice homes, and you know, you know I don't know. There's just so much that people have done before. We, I mean, our sacrifices today are just a joke compared to theirs. You know, maybe we'll have to at some point during the course of my life, maybe a war or you know some catastrophic thing. But for the most part. Thank God that those people chopped down the trees and killed all the animals for us to... And when I say that, I don't mean like just killing off the buffalo for the sake of killing off the buffalo. I mean that they had to eat. They had to feed people. You know? I can get into a whole story about tobacco and how it's almost solely responsible for us being here right now. Anyway, I just, I'm grateful for all of that. That's just some pretty amazing stories. It's time for What's Eating Kale. This is the meat of the program. These are things that interest, confound, or not me. And uh, today I got a couple of good ones for you. Uh, The first one is a little bit more serious. And I think, I don't know, I think we're all very curious about artificial intelligence. And Ben and I, have, we always talk about it in little bits and pieces. And, you know, we're very interested in the SAG-AFTRA um, strike that's going on right now where, I mean, it's mostly, I don't care what anybody says. They can say it's about a whole bunch of things. But really, the battle's on about AI and how, you know, the studios and whoever can use the likenesses of stand-ins and things of that nature and it's very intriguing stuff. There's also the idea of Sarah Silverman is suing ChatGPT because it's spewing some of her content. And and uh, when I say spewing, it's just outputting some of her content because it's taken it in. But she should be paid for that. I applaud her for the, you know, the bravery to just go and sue you know, in this, you know, unknown territory. But I think that there's great opportunity and I think that she might be at the forefront of making that artificial intelligence output an opportunity for artists. And I think we can do that. But it's one of the biggest topics of the day. Um, And Ben and I, we decided to actually concentrate on a conversation about that. The, The topic is so vast that you can't just say artificial intelligence and just have a conversation about just the topic. <clears throat> you have to talk about all the areas that it could hit. Um, and today we talked, or the other day, actually, we talked about what you're going to hear right now is our conversation about kind of our fears 
and a little bit about you know the positives that we we know of or we can think of and uh, just you know I don't want anybody yelling at their device because we're saying stupid stuff we're just two guys trying to learn and we're paying attention to it um, probably much like you but it's a very liquid topic and it's nearly limitless in scope so uh, just bear with that as we and and we're going to have more conversations about this so uh, here's our conversation from Wednesday well, I think the obvious ones that most people are going to respond with in terms of fear would be the robots taking over, um, nuclear Armageddon, Terminator. Um, being an 80s kid growing up watching that, we've all been warned about this, not to do this, not to go down this path, and here we are going down this path. But it's founded in science fiction and more of a feeling or a gut feeling than it is any kind of actual fact. So... It's more of like, you know, kind of an interesting one. I mean, you don't want something that's learning upon itself to necessarily find a way to get in control of the nuclear codes and things like that. But that's, I'm such a, you know, base level understanding of if it ever could. But from what I've heard, our power grid is on sort of a redundant backup where it's also on AI already and repairing itself if backups go down. So supposedly like our power grid won't go down even if humanity fails and it's going to take a long time for it to ever go down. Um, well, a couple so of wire snips will you know, just clip up in their tender and they're out of the equation. Snip, snip. But no, I, so I mean like that's just a little interesting that it could get in control of uh, our infrastructure like that and maybe uh, be able to do some damage. But uh, I think the other more, imminent thing that's right now is the manipulation of media and uh, especially like news and something that could create even more distrust and confusion in terms of like those fake videos of Trump getting arrested or, you know, moving that CNN reporter's arm to make it look like he's shoving the white house person more than he actually did just to make people, you know, get upset. And, uh, so that part of it is like, uh, here we go, because yep. it's already been tough the last five to 10 years watching people that are really misinformed. You know, I hate to say it, but like aunts and uncles oh, on yeah. Facebook yep. that are sharing things that are completely untrue and mm. made up and they're meme pictures. And they're like, did you see that so-and-so said this? And so that's the part where it's like, uh, where are we going to go? Even more misinformation and kind of yeah, and I confusion. Think, I think that there's some room right now. Uh, and I, I, I've felt this for a long time and I thought it'd be cool to actually be somebody who drove this. Um, but I think that there is value in somebody coming up with a news channel that is like, no, this is just what happened. Just no frills, no, you know, I, I don't know. There's no emotion in the story. Uh, and you can always say, here's, you know, the take that the Republicans are taking. Here's the take that the conservatives or the, the liberals are taking. And you could... I think that there's room for that today, um, you know, and, and to be able to show this is the video that actually occurred, not, you know, if you're seeing something other than this, this is the raw footage, something like that. I think there, there's value to that. Um, and, and you do make a good point, I think, um, with not just the news media, but all media, um, who's responsible for it, um, who... If I'm an artist, I, we see this right now with SAG-AFTRA and the strikes that are going on there that really, in my opinion, are almost solely based around this. The writer's strike a little bit different in the sense that there was, you know, some 
some, uh, you know, benefits and, and income type of uh, catalyst to that. But the, the SAG after stuff has been um, interesting to watch. And you, they say it's about all these things, but the arguments are all around, you know, you can't use my likeness. And it seems mm-hmm. to be not your, your, your main level actors. It's the, the stand-ins and the, you know, the, the people that are there because they, they get paid just for that time that they're there. They never get anything out of it after that. Well, if they can just start making up crowds and they never need stand-ins again. Right. Th- right. That all that revenue goes away. Then there's the, um, silver, uh, who's, uh, who's the girl, uh, Silverman. Um, she had, she put a Sarah. book out. Yeah. Sarah Silverman put a book out and she's like, AI is like putting my content out there. And I don't have any control over it. I agree with her that that's a problem, but I also think that if done well, or if there's some sort of a management system there, she could be making more money every time that that's spewed out by AI or what have you, she could get a nickel, you know? And I think, I think that that, those are all things that need to be worked out, but there's opportunity there as well as there's a threat there right now. Absolutely. And as it's the wild, wild west right now, but as we are talking, um, Google and Universal are talking about how to link up on this for like the music side of things, at least where they're putting different artists voices over different songs and they want to be able to develop a tool for that where fans can create them legitimately on their own using like their own platform or some type of web service. I'm sure that they'll pay for, um, and Warner's also been talking to Google. So like all these different companies are trying to get with them to say like, Hey, we've got to find a way to do this. And then they're supposedly going to let their artists decide if they want to be involved or not, do they want to buy in on this? And then I'm sure they get some of the money back for it, but then they're gonna have to figure out, I'm sure, you know, who gets more of it. Is it a split between the song and the voice? You know, does the person with the voice get more of the, the check? Like, so they're all figuring that out right now. And then, I'm sure at some point we're going to have some type of service available. Yeah. And I like, I, I can see where that's kind of fun to do that. Um, there's been songs that when remade, I've been like, this is better. This is just better. <laughs> right. And uh, now that's not very typical, but certainly I've seen that and it would be fun to be like, Boy, I wonder what it would sound like. I think that'd be fun to goof around with hundred percent. But if I go to the local radio station, they start playing my version that I've created yeah. Now, who and of is? course, the artists all feel differently about it. Some are embracing it, and some are calling it, you know, demonic yeah. and horrible, like Ice Cube. He does not like it one bit. Yeah. And they put different rappers' voices over different hip hop songs. And uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, I wouldn't say it's a negative. It's just that one's more interesting. The negative is probably, like I said, the media is scary right now. Um, I know USA Today and a bunch of them are like, pushing this past week on policymakers to come up with some kind of regulation on it or like keep them in the loop on it because they're becoming concerned about how that's going to be handled because they want to control everything, but also because they're worried about that distrust factor. And, you know, they write something, somebody uses what they wrote and, you know, like, and just like, it's really going to be hard, I think, to control all of the possibilities um, you'd sent me a link to a guy who had done Freddie Mercury doing uh, the final countdown by Europe and it wasn't very good. So there's, yeah. you know, there's also that too. Like you can really ruin something 
with that, right? Like, and if I'm an artist, I'd be like, like artists have a say, like even on the voice, they say all the time, we were given permission to redo this, you know, to do this song by the right. artist. And I, I think that's cool because they have to be protective over, you know, is it going to be impactful in a positive way to my song and my art, or is it going to be impactful negatively? And they have to, you know, really guard against that. And I think that that's fair for them to have a standard to say, I'll let you use it this way, but not that way. I think that that's well, cool. and don't they get paid sure. <clears throat> usually sure. like if it's on the voice or sure. if it's on mm-hmm. something like that, hundred percent, but you, you can tell like there'll be times when they'll say specifically on there over the 20 years, it's the first time they've allowed this song. And, and I mean, most artists want to monetize, right. And that's part of why you write a song is to have it, you know, get repeated and bought again and get kind of that residual income from it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that there's opportunity there too, right? Like where you start losing control, there's some sort of automatic, you know, there's so many things that we do right now where you embed things in something and you can't, you know, Shazam can tell you what song is playing at any given time. So Mm -hmm. why can't you have devices out there that say, if this is broadcast in this way, then somebody gets a nickel, right? I mean, I think that there's something, you know, I think that there's not been an effort to really kind of control that part of it, the monetization part of it. I think there's an effort to what else can we do with this technology and what else can we, but not, well, now what? So in conclusion, <laughs> how, how, how do we feel? Do we feel like we're more on, it's on a positive side of things. It's on the negative side of things. I think that you make a great point in certain circumstances, especially with media and things like that, they are on the cusp, I think of doing some altering things there that probably need to be regulated. Mm -hmm. I think from my perspective, even if Terminator is some sort of an outcome that we're looking at, there is yin and yang of that, right? Like there is, you can also battle that with AI, right? So I think that there's some level at which I'm not super scared of that yet. But the day I see that first thing, you know, it's like, what they're doing, what? <laughs> sure. Whoa. No, I think, I think the doomsday stuff is more fun to talk about, but I agree. I mean, in reality, I'm probably 60, 40 thinking it's a positive thing. I think with the idea of helping with repetitive jobs, I'm sure that medical advancements will be sure. incredible from this. You know, if it can cure things, if it can create better technology to perform surgeries and things like that, if it's making small businesses lives easier, I mean, it seems like it's a good thing. Um, so I, I think in my research that kind of helped me feel a little bit better about it. Yeah. I think the more it can drill down into areas that we're, you know, like we're not capable of imagining. I think that that's where the cool will come from. Uh, maybe the crazy too. I don't know, but yeah, at some level, this- right? Like if, if I only have this much knowledge and I'm digging into a disease that I've never seen before, you know, how right. far can this go to helping me? go further than I, I could have gone on my own. Right. Yeah. The, the negatives, you know, media manipulation, the, yeah. the sucking the life out of art and uh, <laughs> creativity, but. It's a tough, tough thing to think about. Like we don't really know where this is going to go and it may go wherever it wants to at some point in time. So hopefully we uh, can control that a little bit better than, uh, then it seems like we are. And I think that there's lots of opportunity there as well. I, I really do. I'm hopeful for it in certain respects. 
Um, but there's a lot of work that we need to do. And we'll have to figure that out as we go along. Um, I wanted to do a, a quick uh, couple of stories, but I, I'm running late enough right now. Uh, we're 24 minutes into this thing. So I'm going to bump those stories and maybe I'll do a, another podcast tomorrow on um, <laughs> as fun as this sounds on rotting meat and dead chipmunks. Um, <laughs> I know you're like, oh, I really want to talk about that. I want to hear about that. Uh, we'll do that tomorrow. Until then, make it a good one, my friends. Enjoy your weekend.